Well, welcome to this episode of Learning to Lead. This is Trevor DeVage, your host, and I want to give you just a little information about this episode. Even though this podcast is relatively new to all of you that are listening, I've actually been recording episodes for the last couple years. This episode actually comes from 2015, back when my friend that you are going to hear on this podcast and I were on a mentor retreat together in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, this is one of those episodes I can't cannot wait for you to hear. My friend that you're going to hear from today is an awesome leader in the church, an awesome leader of people, uh, and one of the most humble guys you will ever meet on the planet Earth. So with that said, it's time for the music and time to get this going. Let's do this. Well, hey, welcome to another episode of Learning to Lead. I'm Trevor DeVage, lead pastor at Christ Church at Mason. And I'm sitting here tonight with a really good friend of mine, and we are actually in the middle of the National Forest. Where where are we right now? We are in Happy Jack, Arizona. <laughs> the Happy Jack. That's the Happy a, Jack. That's an, It sounds like a restaurant. <laughs> welcome to the Happy Jack. We serve pancakes. <laughs> um, this is my friend, Scott Beckenhauer. Scott is the lead pastor at Calvary Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska, um, Scott, tell me a little bit about your journey there. How long have you been there? Uh, you're now the lead guy, but you weren't always the lead guy there, right? Right. Yeah, I started in 1999 as the youth pastor, did youth ministry for six years, and then added uh, young adult ministries, created some young adult ministry movement in the church. And then about eight years ago, they asked me to take the lead role of the church. So Awesome. So when you took that church over, what size was Calvary then? Uh, we were running just a little over 600 people. Okay. And where are you guys at today? We're running about 1,700 a weekend. And that's on how many campuses? Uh, that's on two campuses right now. Awesome. Um, well, this this whole podcast, um, Learning to Lead, I'm a young leader. You're a long, young leader as well. Um, how old are you? I am now 40 years old. So that's it's right. It's a privilege I, to be called I'm, young. I'm actually 36, so you're old as dirt. So, you're a young child. Uh, that's true. I'm just, I'm a young buck. <laughs> um, but this whole premise of what we do on this show um, is real simple, is as young leaders, I think you feel this way too. Um, I try to glean as much leadership info from as many people as I can, um, because there's a lot of guys that do things a lot better than I do, and they do things a lot different than I do, and I think we can learn from all those walks of life. Um, and we're very similar in the fact we both lead churches, we both are in ministry, and we're both young guys doing it. Um, but I got a couple questions for you. The first one is this, and it's always a hard question, but I think we have to wrestle with it as leaders. Um, what is What has been your what you would deem in your mind your biggest leadership failure? Oh, that's a great question to start with. Yeah. You know, well, we start, it only goes up from here. Just boom. Yeah. You know, it, and honestly, Trevor, man, I, looking back over, you know, all the years, you know, most people say this about themselves that they're your, you know, I'm my own worst critic. Sure. You know, so I feel like my life and ministry, there's continually things that I've failed at. Sure. And that's actually uh, probably what drives me, I guess, because I hate to lose. Yeah. Uh, that was that competitive that, nature. As yeah. a child, I hated to lose and that's kind of stuck with me. And, um, you know, but I would say, you know, from my perspective, the vantage point I have now looking at some of my greatest leadership failures, it always comes down to the times I failed to act. Yeah, uh, that's good. It, it wasn't something I specifically did. It's it's the things I didn't do. It's kind of that adage of um, sometimes the greatest failure is doing nothing at all, like not taking the risk. You know, there's this fear. Well, what if we do that and we fail? Well, what if what if you do and it works? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's that stuff like in your spirit, in your gut, you know. Yeah. And as a leader, you think, would people actually follow me if I did this? Or if we have to make this tough decision, whether it be with a program or staff or uh, making a drastic change with something, you know, inside you, in your gut, you you feel like it's the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. 
but then you fail to do it. Was there any one instance that you can think of recently in the last couple of years where you've gone, yep, we should have done that sooner. We should have done that period. Um, but f- that fear of failure kept you from making the move. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, the thing that comes to my mind is, is a decision that really had to do with a staffing situation mm-hmm. and uh, something that just caused a lot of um, heartache and a lot of frustration. Uh, and it just, it went on and on. And I, uh, I'm a believer in people and sometimes I allow a lot of grace and uh, sometimes it just comes down to the point in time where you just have to make a decision. And, and uh, yeah, so that, that is a time where I feel like I let something go on for far too long and it impacted far too much. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually I had to realize it was a failure and not, sure. in, in not acting. Well, and that's hard because in ministry, it's not like corporate world where uh, you're gone uh, because there's a heart portion, there's a family portion, there's a ministry. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think one of the things we talk about a lot in our leadership is um, we're going to be slow to hire um, and be quick to fire because usually if you need to fire somebody, it's because they've become a liability to the organization and to the kingdom. Right. And uh, and it's not that we don't love you, it's but yeah. but we need to move the kingdom forward and you can't move forward in the kingdom either in the current situation, but it's right. hard to do that, man. It is. It comes at right time, right place, yeah. um, right fit. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like right friend, I would say that like right friends. I feel yep. like everybody I work with becomes fr- a friend of mine and vice versa. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes it's just not the right situation. Yeah. And, uh, you have to realize when you're facing that s- square in the face, you know, and you're yep. just seeing it right in front of you, you have to make those decisions when you know in your gut. Yeah. Okay, so let's shift gears hard. Um, but I think the next question is actually harder to answer than the first one. Um, what would you say is your greatest leadership success? Now, I know before you answer that, I know most of us, we pull the the humble card. We pull the um, that almost that false humility. Humility sometimes we're like, oh, it's oh, it's all God. We know it's all God. I get that. Right. Um, we're in ministry, but God has equipped you as a leader to do things. And I think there's things that that we as leaders do that we go, Hey, that was really successful. Um, and I made some good leadership decisions along the way there. Not, not perfect, but made good leadership decisions. Um, what would you say has been maybe your greatest leadership success that you can think of? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd say I'm probably the humblest guy I know that I would, I would agree that you think that let's just start there. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, it's a great question and it really challenges you, uh, challenges me to think through, but I, I think, probably the greatest leadership success comes on the heels of what I was just mentioning about the greatest leadership failure, failure to act. The, the greatest success I think is the time where I felt I needed to act mm-hmm. in such a way. And it was such a bold thing that I felt that we needed to do to get off what I would call high center. We were mm-hmm. just stuck. Um, we had come through the transition time. I'd become the senior pastor. We worked through internal leadership things. It took a couple years to work through that. You know, the church is getting used to me. I'm getting used to them. And, uh, but getting a real sense of where is God calling us to go? What is he calling us to do? And I started trying to sprinkle the vision and it just, it wasn't taking. Yeah. And then I started getting bolder with it and it wasn't, still wasn't taking it in the, uh, the, the voices of, um, dissent got louder and louder. Yeah. And so, and I reached a point where I, I remember specifically, I remember I was at home one night, I'd crawled into bed, I was laying there, I'm staring at the ceiling, 
And I thought to myself, I know that's what we need to do. And then I'm hearing all these voices and then, and then fear starts creeping in. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everybody else is right. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, staff is getting jumpy and elders are getting jumpy about some of the things we were starting to talk about. And it, I reached this point where I just remember laying there and I thought to myself, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I could get fired. Right. Is that the worst thing that could ever happen to me? Right. And I realized I don't care if I get fired. I'm going to hit the gas pedal. Right. And so we started hitting the gas pedal and short of it, what it revolved with at the time, we, we are in Nebraska. We have at the time two ministry facilities on one property uh, in Nebraska. Right. The um, metropolitan the, area the metro- of Nebraska. Yeah. Metropolitan yes. area. And we got cold weather half the year. Right. And two buildings separated. One of them really wasn't getting used much. We were really tapped out of space where we were. And to make a long story short, we ended up raising money, uh, enough money to make all the renovations we need, add 100 more parking spaces. And we literally, from one Sunday to the next, flipped our property. We we moved every children's ministry space, youth space, adult space, worship space, flipped from one Sunday to the next. How many were running when that happened? Uh, we were running just a little over 700. So, I, I mean, to put that in perspective for you that are listening to this, um, to move 700 people in a weekend to a brand new space is not an easy leadership move, right. but one that was necessary for you guys to grow and keep moving the organization oh, it forward. Was, it was essential. It was yeah. absolutely essential. And in the months that followed it, it proved why. It was catalytic. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just addition. There was multiplication that took place. Yep. And then ultimately your multi-site <clears throat> strategy came out of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we moved across, what we say that this Sunday we moved across the parking lot and uh, it's unique because we have the worship center and uh, the youngest kid in, on the one building, but all the elementary kids and junior high, senior high, and et cetera is in the other building. But within a few months of moving, um, we, we went from being a church of a little over 700 to up over 1,000. Yeah. And before long, we were growing out of space. And then we ended up, not too long after that, renovating um, the original um, chapel in the uh, other building and made an on-site video venue, which was, little did we know at the time, it was the precursor to us multi-siting. Yeah. Because we have, uh, that site is still running. Uh, it's, we just call it the venue. It runs a couple hundred people. It gives yeah. great space for uh, for people to attend. And then uh, a year after that, we went down the road of multi-siting, did another campaign. And and uh, here we are a year later, that campus is running 500. And there's just been some real movement. We're getting ready to start another campus this fall in another location. So, But it all goes back to that one decision. Yep. Uh, what I would say was the biggest success is when I decided to stare that fear in the face mm-hmm. and just basically kick it down. It's hard to know? do as a leader, man. And that's that's what separates good leaders from just okay leaders <clears throat> is being able to push through that fear. Yeah. Um, so uh, you and I have a lot of similar people that we run with. We, we've got some similar mentors. In fact, the place we are sitting right now is one of our mentors. Right. Um, and for those of you listening to this, there's a group of about four or five of us that we gather twice a year and just pour into each other. And that's what yep. we're doing right now. That's where we're sitting. We're sitting on a back patio in the National Forest right now, um, having one of those weeks. And um, I, so I would ask this question, who has been your biggest leadership influence? Oh, wow. And I know there's many, but if you had to pinpoint one right now that you would go this person. Who and I assume be? you're going to put the caveat, I can't say Jesus. No, you right, can't. Right. You can't. You can't. Because he's he's our homeboy. Yeah. Wow. You just, just gave us an early 2000s reference. Hey, yeah. I like to connect with all generations. Right. You should probably get the I trucker hat and the, the t-shirt again. Here, yeah. Yeah. I, I could go back some more, but... That's yeah. part of being 40. You have the blessing yeah. of perspective. Yeah, that's true. The blessing uh, of old. Yes, it's know, great. Greatest leadership influence. Um, 
you know, it, it, let me just give a couple that come to mind. And sure. I know you said one, but uh, uh, my parents, the, the quickest summary I could share there uh, is that I saw through my parents uh, what genuine relationship with God, genuine relationship with others looked like growing up. Yeah. And so uh, I feel like that was the foundation for anything leadership I've ever done is it has to flow out of a genuine love for God, a genuine love for others. And so the way we meet people, talk to people, serve people is out of motivation of what's best for them, not what's best for me. Yeah. And so, um, and that said, uh, my first boss, um, he was the admissions director at Nebraska Christian College, and his name was Jerry Hopkins. And Jerry was a guy who, uh, since he was really my first boss, he taught me some things in leadership that I never forgot, and namely, you know, how to meet people yeah. and, and connect with people where they're at on their terms. So it really piggybacked off what my parents had taught me and taught me how to read a room, taught me how to read people, taught me how to walk into a space and and uh, and and kind of have the there you are mentality versus a here I am mentality. Yeah. And so it was kind of this uh, leadership training ground there. And then I would say, um, you know, thirdly, um, it would just be a, a collection of pastors. I've never had one consistent relationship throughout my adult years, mm-hmm. but I've always had different influences come into my life yeah. uh, for a season. Sometimes it was a year. Sometimes it was three years. There was one time a, a guy randomly uh, just, I met him at a conference and for six months he just, he would call me and then it just dropped off and it was done. And I looked back and I was never bitter that it ended, but it was just, here's a guy who cared about me for six months. Yeah. And uh, then here the last few years has been incredibly influential with, with Cal and, and uh, the group that we have. And Yeah. And if, for those of you that don't know, Cal, Cal Jernigan, he's a lead pastor at Central Christian Church and um, in Arizona out here in Phoenix area in the Valley. Um, you're going to hear from Cal on another episode. He's going to be part of this. Um, but man, really, really good stuff. Any, any leadership resources you'd recommend right now? What are you reading? What do you, what's out there? What would you recommend to our listeners right now? Oh man. Yeah. I, right now I'm reading a book on, uh, uh, Harvard business review, put together a, a compilation of 10 of the best reads yeah. on leadership. So I'm just kind of reading through that and just reading some great stuff, reminding of things like some of the best leaders are some of the most humble leaders, yeah. you know? Uh, some of the best leaders are those who, again, carry that attitude of servant's heart to those around them, whether it be in the business world or ministry world. Um, and so uh, that's one of the things there. Um, I would also say, as cli- this may sound cliche to some, uh, but it's something I believed in my core, is that uh, I, I believe that we are better together. I believe that we are better with the people around us. And so what I do, um, I, I feel like some of the best leadership resource that I have in my life is is people um, – that are around me on a day-to-day basis. So yeah. I, the, the team that I work with at our church, um, both staff and what we call our elders. Um, and there's some other ministry leaders there in the region that I get together with from time to time. And we kind of pour into each other. Um, I really believe, uh, I am, it's just my style. I am sharpened best by when I ask questions of others, what do you think? Yeah. And, uh, what are you seeing? What can we learn from together and working together in that way? So, uh, there's one, practical resource, but also, uh, that human resource, I think always of the people around us who know us best will probably help lead us, um, to, to leading better. Yep. I would agree. If we let them speak into our life. Well, in a social media driven world, uh, face to face is always good. And, um, that's great. Um, well, Scott, I'll just tell you this, man, I've had this conversation with a couple of our guys that we run with and, um, I know you play this very, I really believe you joke, say you're the most humble guy, you know, 
um, you really do downplay your leadership ability. Um, but I really believe you're one of the best leaders in the country that I know. Um, you've done some incredible things with, and with a lot of challenges in a church that um, has grown a lot in the last eight years, um, a large in part because of your leadership and your ability to, to actually see people for people, not have people see you. And uh, I think that's something that's very honorable. And so, dude, I'm, I'm so humbled you would sit down and do this, be a part of these episodes. And uh, just as we, two young leaders, um, me a lot younger than you, um, us as two yeah. young leaders, learning to lead and uh, we don't do it perfect, but I know we're seeking to be better leaders and that's what's this all about. So man, thanks for being on this episode of learning to lead and uh, man, we'll get some resources. Uh, you'll be able to look right under this on the blog today and we'll get you some ways to connect with this guy. Um, and if you're ever in Omaha, Nebraska, I have no earthly idea why you would be there other than to get corn college um, World Series. and to the, go to the college world series and um, maybe you got lost trying to get the weekend. I, I don't know. Right. Um, but sure that if you're ever there, you need to hook up with this guy. Um, great leader, great friend, and um, just uh, an incredible, humble leader in the in the church and really just with all those he comes in contact with. So Scott, thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you on our next episode of Learning to Lead. Well, I hope you just enjoyed this episode of Learning to Lead. Do us a favor. If you're on any platform, whether it's Anchor app, it's Stitcher, it's the uh, iTunes podcasting store, wherever that may be, do us a favor. Click that subscribe button and you will be the first to get the content when it comes out. Also, if you're on the Anchor app, you can leave us voicemails in the app. You can ask questions in regards to the episode you just heard or questions about leadership that you would like for us to answer in future episodes. Also, if you know somebody that that is a great leader and you want to know more from them, send us their information. We would love to feature them. Or maybe that's you. You want to be featured on our podcast. We would love to interview you as well. You can also get content, not just from our podcast, but you can also get stuff from the blog. If you go to trevordevage.com and then you click on the blog tab, we've got more content there dealing with leadership and dealing with ministry and everyday life. So go on over there. You can pick up these episodes there and get bonus content as well. We will hopefully see and hear from you on the next episode of Learning to Lead.